everyone and welcome back to further explanation the taylor Swift podcast there may be no further explanation by taylor but there will be from us i am your co-host callie and i'm kaya and we are the swifty sisters and today we are going to have a little chat about <laughs> ts11 which we now know the name of it it's a thing we know when it's coming the tortured poets department mm-hmm. when taylor announced this Kaya immediate did you call me or did I call you? I, I called you, I think. Yeah, you called me and we picked up the phone and we both were just like ah. <laughs> Because when she went up there to accept that award, you know, we're we were expecting reputation, Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. And she said everyone was. Yeah, yeah. And she's standing there, she's talking, and she said, Brand new album. And I go, I like stand mm-hmm. I was sitting on the couch yeah. and I stood up kind of I was like, I was like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What? We're doing oh, April 19th. I was like, okay, wait. And then she goes, and it's called. I was like, oh. Unless she says Reputation Taylor's version, I was like, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> and it's so funny because I feel like recently people had started to kind of talk about like OTS a lot because it was in the studio so much this mm. past summer. And people had started to say like, TS11 might be coming. And I was like, Everyone hold your horses. Like, she's got two other re-recordings. We just got Midnight's, basically, or it feels like we just got it. I feel like she's not going to want to release anything new until the Ares tour is over. Like, how is that going to factor in? Will she try to add stuff? Will she not? Like, that's mm-hmm. just too complicated. But then, at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking... <laughs> Every time we think she's not... <laughs> so much that, like, the end of her relationship with yogurt shop man and then the beginning of her healing from that and like finding peace in the tour and finding herself again and then meeting football guy like that's (laughs) those are two very separate things that feel like of course there's overlap but they feel like that would need to be two different albums and so it really it just makes sense that we are gonna get we're Hmm. getting this this soon yeah and then if that is the pattern of her doing two re-recordings new album we have Torture Poets, April 19th, possibly one other re-recording this year, like at the end of the year, maybe, and then last one at the beginning of 2025. Really? Maybe... You don't think... I mean, she did speak now and 1989 in one year. And Fearless in Red in one year. So I think we'll get... But we got rep- Fearless in Red in 2021, and then in mm-hmm. 2022, we just got Midnight's. Yeah. But, but because this is coming in April. It was the thinking, end of 2022. Yeah. But because this is coming like first half of the year, I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe one more re-recording at the end of the year. I mean, she might, but she might be wanting to fast track them too. I'm ready for the re-recordings to be done. I'm ready mm-hmm. for this phase to be over. Like, I it's think it would great, be great, but I'm ready to move on. You know? Yeah, and they don't, the eras, they're not like really eras that last like a long time or anything. And it's just pretty much the album comes out and that's it. Except for when she gives us like a little music video here and there for like First Speak Now. But honestly, now that we didn't get anything for 1989, it's so funny that she gave us one for Speak Now. I was you know? thinking that too. Because I was <laughs> like, we were all complaining that Speak Now kind of got nothing. Mm-hmm. When we got Speak Now TV, we were like, oh, she She basically acted dust, like it was you know, over it was, immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... 
we got more for Speak Now Taylor's version than we did for 1989 Taylor's version, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. But part of me wonders if to her it felt like if the reason for that was 1989 isn't like I don't need to do anything because this just creates buzz for itself. But also, like, she tried to push Slut as the hit, and then Is It Over Now kind of became the hit. Yeah. But also, Speak Now Vault didn't really have a hit. I can see you, maybe, kind of, but it was probably just because the video, you know? Yeah, I feel like the video was a moment, but I don't feel like there was any song. Like, we talked about this in a recent episode. I don't feel like there was any particular song on from the Speak Now Vault that kind of, like, yeah. rose up above the others and red i mean it's crazy how she just went above and beyond for red because i think she you think she might have been pushing for it to like get nominated for awards or something i think because so and i think it's because to of be all it. to all 10 like i think she i think part yeah. of her wanted to like retroactively heal that wound from <laughs> red not winning album of the year yeah definitely because we got a short film and a music video <laughs> mm-hmm. and i, I also think, think though was a popular that, song too yeah two technically two music videos but but now we know that when she was releasing red taylor's version that was like during the heartbreak period of the end of their relationship i think when she was making midnights or was about to make midnights i don't know i'm very unclear on the making of midnights and kind of like i know that that's been cleared up but i'm still just confused like, I've well, seen people say, this is when this was happened and this is when she wrote this. But, like, yeah. I'm still just confused. Yeah. If she came out that... and talked about it, that, that's when I would be like, okay, I'm clear. Yeah. But, but she doesn't do that. She's not going to do that. <laughs> when we found out that she wrote, thank you, Erin, that she wrote Would Have, Could Have, Should Have after winning the Folklore Grammy for Album of the Year. So we learned that she started recording Midnight's, like, immediately after Folklore and Evermore, <laughs> the era ended, mm-hmm. basically because of the Grammy. <laughs> So while she was putting out Fearless, probably is when she did most of it. Well, I think she, we do know, what we do know about the making of Midnight's is that it was only like a six or eight week period of time. Like it was very short because it was just while they were filming that movie. Jack's partner, I think it's still Margaret. Margaret. Mm -hmm. Was that the same person he was with at the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Margaret and Joe were filming a movie, and that's when they made Midnight's. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, in a really, really quick period of time, which is why I think Midnight's is such a singular album in her discography. It's very succinct. It's not super – like, there's just not much to sink your teeth into. And I feel like we've said this before. And that doesn't take away from Midnight's or devalue it in any way. It's just unique in that sense. So it's possible that if she wants to just get them done this year, she could do. What's weird, though, is because we all think debut will be last, which makes the most sense. But I feel like Rep needs to be released like November. That's another thing that doesn't that is perplexing me is like she was seriously she was dropping very obvious blatant hints for reputation taylor's version like Mm -hmm. in the time article she said the rep vault is fire like she was addressing it it felt very like she wore a green velvet dress with tall thigh-high boots with like the reputation font (laughs) and i'm i'm wondering like was that her was the red herring like was did it start then was it not just the website? Like, was she doing mm-hmm. that the whole time? 
Yeah, or, I think so. Or is that maybe going to come later? And she couldn't really tease the album, so she was teasing Reputation TV instead. Have you seen the thing, the theory where people are speculating that she's going to just drop both re-recordings at the same time? She better not. <laughs> I don't think she would do that. Because she hasn't done it yet, so why would she pair rep and debut? <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. Part of me is like, sure, let her do that. We can be done with this in one fell swoop. And also, but then at the same time, I want debut Taylor's version to have its moment. I want her to have to mm-hmm. acknowledge it separately from anything else. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to go like track by track? into well before well, we let's do just that. talk about when we got the cover and everything i mean but like you're saying you thought it was like just so unlikely that she would do this but like i feel like that's what she's becoming like that's what she's starting to do more and more is like the most unlikely thing <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's so, like you really never know what to expect with her. Yeah. it's never just the thing you think it's gonna be <laughs> and it's so weird is when she announced midnights at an award show when she won an award Everyone thought it was going to be Rep 2, <laughs> with less reasons, but people thought that, <laughs> especially because she showed up in those bathtub jewels. <laughs> I kind of forget that we did think that. Mm-hmm. Because people think... have been talking about it being the next re-recording, because we didn't know that it was going to be a new album at all. Yeah. I th- I feel like I've seen and heard a lot of people say that about like, this is the second time now that we've gotten a new album when we thought we were getting Reputation. I would have to maybe go back and look at my tweets or something, but I really don't feel like I personally thought we were getting Reputation TV that night. Maybe I'm misremembering because I'm like, well, we got Midnight, so that's that was obvious that we were going to get Reputation. does not feel long ago at all. <laughs> I can remember that night, like, standing in my kitchen. Oh, she's wearing she's wearing the jewels from Reputation TV music video. <laughs> I feel like my memory is when she stepped out on that carpet in that dress. I feel like I remember thinking she's announcing a new album, but not really having. <laughs> Why do you think that? Like I I just or maybe not exactly that, but I felt like it was something that I didn't know it was going to be. Like it was not going to be a recording. Era. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like there was just like a buzz or a feeling. Hmm. And so when she announced Midnight's, I got to be excited because I feel like I had mentally prepared the whole time. But like when she announced Tortured Poets at the Grammys, I was like, huh? And it did not feel real to me for a few days. Hmm. Like I had to really process that in a way that I didn't have to process the Midnight's announcement. So she posts the album cover. She sa- she says in her post, all's fair in love and poetry. A great line. I love that. Yes, let's talk about that in a second. New album, The Tortured Poets Department. Oh, I just realized that she has that in all capital letters in the caption of the post. Hmm. The Tortured Poets Department. I hadn't really thought about that before. It's interesting. Oh, she's um, about to yell. <laughs> And so I enter into evidence, my tarnished coat of arms, my muses acquired like bruises, my talismans and charms, the tick, tick, tick of love bombs, my veins of pitch black ink, all's fair in love and poetry. Sincerely, 
chairman of the Tortured Poets Department. <laughs> thoughts. What were your initial thoughts? My thoughts were, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, I cannot understand this. <laughs> That's what my thoughts were. I didn't, I didn't really, like, read that for a while because I, like, tried to read it. I was like, <laughs> and I couldn't. <laughs> I was just more focused on the album cover because the album cover is amazing. My first thought when looking at the album cover is that little bit of light that's hitting her, like, directly, mm-hmm. like, kind of on her arm right there. And then also her outfit, obviously, and her pose. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. really intimate, but she's also, like, you can't see her face, so you don't... It's like 1989. You don't really know the emotional... Just by looking at the cover, you don't know the emotional... Well, you feel that it's a little bit distant. And it's a little bit uh, mysterious. That's the emotions you get. The border around it is interesting to me because that's the only other album she's done that on is Midnight's. Well, 1989. It's not a border, but it's similar. And then Taylor's version. She literally did the same thing. <laughs> well, I'm talking about, like, I don't really count any of her Taylor's versions as, like, an album cover that she did. Like, that's just such but a But 1989 has a natural border that's a Polaroid border. Yeah, but I mean, like, just blanks space negative space on the cover midnights and this one that are kind of to me that that's just what how i would count that in my brain but it and it feels intentional too because the first surprise song she chose for the this leg of aerostar was dear reader and that feels intentional like a continuation because everyone was like i think it's gonna be like dear reader (laughs) and then she literally played it because Dear Reader was such a, at least to me, a confusing song when we first got Midnight's. And, like, you had to literally explain it to me line by line. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm just not, it's not computing, it's not clicking. It was confusing to us because it, what she was saying in the song didn't quite make sense with the understanding we had of where she was in her life. But, so this kind of starting the surprise songs with Dear Reader and right after announcing this album felt very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't really say much until we hear the album, but it just it felt intentional. Is all I'll say. And the, the extra tracks from Midnight's are very telling, I think, about what where we're going with this. Because also we know that she wrote "You're Losing Me." Wasn't that like when she was working on started this album? I think "You're Losing Me" was probably like the last song she wrote for Midnight's. So it. It's but kind it of, could have been, I mean, it was like December, right? Yes, it was like the week of her birthday. Yeah. Of 2021. And, yeah. And that was, she said she's been working on this for two years. And I think she started working <laughs> on this, like, obviously, this is not fact. This is just with the information that we have that I'm aware of. I think she probably started uh, Tortured Poets around February of 2022. Um, and I'm kind of using that photo of her walking out of the studio with that keyboard. The keyboard. That's mm-hmm. kind of... I knew that was something. When that photo came out, I was like, she's back in her songwriting girl. <laughs> like, that's that's different. That's not... That's not anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I always thought that was weird because then Midnight's came out. I was like... Not the uh, vibe that I was thinking of, but I don't know. But I think that you're losing me. I, I mean, 
it could have been that she started she started this maybe in like December because mm-hmm. that would technically still be two years ago but she decided she didn't put it on the album so she was probably thinking maybe I'll maybe this is where I'm heading in the new direction for the new album and then clearly it became something else and she's like well this doesn't fit so she but she wanted to tack it on to the end of midnight's way late in the game <laughs> mm-hmm. and provide that little bit of explanation as mm-hmm. to like what was going on she was like this is how i can catch them up mm-hmm. here you go yeah because we, it's weird that long after it wasn't long after that till they broke up like it wasn't they didn't break up then <laughs> even though she was writing that yeah know? it was like five broke or six recently. months <laughs> into 20 20- no, no, no. Sorry. It was this year. Yeah. They broke year. up in 2023. So mm-hmm. it was like... It's so hard to get the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. But they it literally is. stayed almost um, over a Do year. Do you remember that freaking picture that came out like the day before Midnight's or the day that Midnight's did drop of her and him like furniture shopping? I remember he looked like Bigfoot, just like so not happy to be out and about he had his little glasses on and she was in that blue sweater with the little plaid skirt on and i just remember thinking like she looks like she's trying to smile for these photos and he looks like he was dragged out of the house for this it's just interesting very fascinating yeah we have a lot to dig into here (laughs) It's crazy the amount of information that we don't know right now that we are going to know on April 19th when we hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the interesting time period in, in a Swifty's life. <laughs> Whenever we don't know, so there's so much we don't know. And then after these few months, we'll know it all for the rest of our lives, you know. <laughs> yeah. But what I want to say about the album cover is that she literally is morphing all her album of the year wins. <laughs> what do you mean? It's black and white like folklore. Um, it has a border and sort like midnights and sort of nineteen eighty nine and it's like half of her face like nineteen eighty nine. What about Fearless? That's hilarious. Um the color palette. <laughs> it's like sepia. Okay. And it has all caps as the album title. I feel like she did not think she was going to win Album of the Year for Midnight's because she probably was like, I want to win it more for this. <laughs> and yeah, they, the Grammy voters should have taken in consideration that she was about to drop a better album. Because <laughs> it's very unlikely that she would win it two years in back a row. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if they didn't give it to Evermore... The sister album of Folklore, the album of the year winner. like, But she's in a different place even now yeah. than she was then. So, I mean, it's don't rule anything out. <laughs> I think people would definitely be too annoyed by her, though. If she does, then she might actually have another 2016 downfall. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't need to. She literally made history. And, yeah, I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> Oh my god, Kaya. Kaya really freaked me out because she said something so crazy to me. Tell the people what you said. I don't know what you're talking about. I say lots about, of things. About, about tortured poets and red. Oh, okay. So, I mean, she only has like one really breakup album, if you think about it, and that's red. But 
and everyone everyone that's like the quintessential breakup album is red but that was about a three-month relationship (laughs) and the breakup album that we're about to get the sequel to red if you will is about a six-year relationship (laughs) and they have the same number of tracks that is so concerning (laughs) because that's a nod i fear i fear for my ranking of her albums in a way that i have not feared for a long time when we got folklore i remember thinking like oh my god i love this so much i think my album this is her best album is finally gonna be like shifted i'm I'm Mm -hmm. scared for red and speak now and then over time like my attachment to folklore has stayed but it's just not like up there at like number one or number two for me personally um evermore if if any of the recent albums she's put out evermore is the one that's kind of like up there but i fear that there is potential for tortured poets to really stake its claim try to stake its claim in a number two or one spot damn it has the potential i'm just saying that now red is my favorite album that she's ever released speak now is right under there at number two right (laughs) and they have held those spots for a long ass time 12 years almost so (laughs) so (laughs) that's great i don't know i'm not gonna say that because i i feel like a little picky (laughs) really yeah (laughs) Especially with her new albums. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to say, we'll see. I like what I'm seeing so far, though. I like the vibes more than Midnight's. Even though I liked the Midnight's vibes a lot. Um, let's talk about her outfit, because yes, I love her outfit. <laughs> She's wearing black high-waisted shorts, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about it. <laughs> People who have been listening to the podcast forever are like, really in there it's like yes we know black boots and the black leather shorts (laughs) speaking of boots red air shorts okay Mm -hmm. let's get it started those are the items (laughs) those are the swifty sister essential mm -hmm. taylor swift pieces of fashion Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm so happy that they've made their album well i guess they were on red but like you couldn't see them so they've made their album cover debut (laughs) and they're bringing they're being brought back which is another nod for red. Another nod to red. But these are more actually like dancer, like dancer shorts, like hot pants, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. Like jazz, whatever. Which I love. I, I've, it's so funny because I've literally been on the hunt, like on like thrift stores trying to find a pair of these from like a year now. <laughs> and she's like, oh, look what I got. <laughs> But her outfit is so cute. It literally looks like what, because I watched all that jazz last year, and I was like on the hunt for like dance wear, like theatery jazz type dance rehearsal wear, because I think it's just so cute. And she's literally wearing that, like a little loose mm-hmm. tank top and those little shorts. It's so cute. Also, did you see the Taylor Swift style? She found them like immediately, and the tank top is like actually see through. Yeah, and she's wearing. Um... Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's brand. Which? I think it's the shirt. 
<laughs> That's so funny. It's the row, which is their fashion brand. I know that. Or fashion that's line. Cute. I don't know the proper language for that. And you but... know, like, that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, brands and, like, where she gets things that she's wearing and, you know, that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to matter. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> but I do, like, that light that's coming in on the cover is mm-hmm. interesting because if you think it's about like midnight's, like, staying up all night and then mm-hmm. this is, like, the clarity that comes with mm-hmm. the sunrise and... Yep. Also, the vibe I got immediately were just, like, 90s, almost Mariah Carey, like, stripped stripped down album from the 90s. I don't know why, but that's just what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just laying in this clean white linen sheets, and she's all, like, disheveled, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really cute. Love this cover. Yeah, it's really good. It's so good. I love that we have the cover, and then I can't wait till we hear the music, and then I can, like, <laughs> attach the music to the cover. That's my favorite thing. Midnight's was very interesting because it. We have we have every time she announces a new album, we're like, she's gonna do this. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be this. And, and this album is for the girlies because... who wake up in the morning and brush their teeth, and the girlies who got A's and B's in grade school, and then had a sibling that they looked up to, and then oh like they just like stop. and brush their hair Enough. and <laughs> Enough. eat their vegetables. <laughs> Oh my god this is for the girls who have ever lost a friendship <laughs> listen we All do of the us? same thing we do it too but it's getting out of hand because you know nothing about this woman you've just met this woman <laughs> and You're we know nothing about this album shit. that's what i'm talking about i'm referring to her as a woman <laughs> leave her alone <laughs> Don't project your identity. She just her. introduced herself to you, okay? Exactly. Like, get chill. to know her first. Yeah, buy her a drink. <laughs> oh my god, it's really funny though, because every time, every time we get a new announcement, it's, it's something like this. It's some shit. <laughs> it's like, Midnight's is for the 2014 Tumblr girls, and listen, I was on board, okay, but that's not what we got. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really like, I can have my thoughts. Or ideas about what this might be, especially genre-wise and sonically, but mm-hmm. I have no expectations, or like I'm not projecting any of that stuff onto what the album's actually going to be because I don't. I had to do a lot of shifting in my brain when we heard oh, "Lavender nice. Haze." Like when that started, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay, oh. wait, <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. at all what I thought this was going to be." Yeah, and that wasn't a negative thing, but I didn't. I don't want to do that again. Also, let's talk about, um, let me write this down real quick because I got too many thoughts about it. Also, let's talk about, let's talk about how I can't talk. (laughs) And like, honestly, it is fun sometimes to be able to think about like what you thought the album was going to be before you knew what it was. Like, almost like when you read a book and you imagine things in your head and then you watch the movie, you can still hold on to like what you had in your imagination (laughs) but yeah we have to address how every single year taylor when she releases an album i think it's going to be a rock album (laughs) we have to address that (laughs) because it's never happened yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm oh for six (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i haven't been counting but um probably since like i would say getting bad maybe reputation you've been thinking that yeah, Around I thought Reputation probably. was going to have something. Yeah. It's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And um, yeah. And and like the 1989 tour, she was doing rock versions of songs. So we were all yeah, kind of so like, that maybe. was a big hint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I realized that Speak Now had rock songs. <laughs> like around that time is when I started to like get cognitive <laughs> of genre. Like brain functions. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, she actually did rock music already. Like I just realized that. And she literally like was friends with Haley Williams from Paramore. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I think I have the best odds <laughs> that I've had in a long time. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I should be, like, totally demoralized and, like, dejected about it. But I just, every year, there's a bigger chance. You just put on <laughs> that tinfoil hat and you say, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Because there's also, I mean, the vibes are there. And... It's a good time in the industry to mess with rock <laughs> because it's working for a lot of people right now. And she doesn't have to, and we've talked about it, she doesn't have to do the trendy whatever, like, Olivia Rodrigo, like, bootleg, okay? she's She wouldn't do that anyway. She would do something like would've, could've, should've, which is what she did right in the early 2021 when that was becoming a trend. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> So, that's the vein I'm thinking. I could see, even if this album is not full of that, mm-hmm. I could see that being something that shows up. Like mm-hmm. Because we have features on this album as well. And those two artists, well, we'll get to them specifically, but those two artists have a sound. And obviously, she doesn't, she doesn't conform to her feature sounds, but she picks her features with purpose. And Florence, especially, is a rock artist. Mm-hmm. And post, he does some rock. <laughs> it is so funny to me, Kai, that you have been, like, you've realized that Post Malone is, like, a grungy artist. Because, like, to anybody who listens to Post Malone, we're, like, and I'm not even really part of that group, but I I, I know people who really do listen to Post Malone. Like, even people mm-hmm. on St. Twitter that really, and yeah. they're, like, that's obvious. That's like saying Taylor writes her own music. Like, the. Well, I listened to his, what's his album in, like, 2019 that was, like, Hollywood's Bleeding or had that song on it. Yeah. I knew he did stuff like that. Sorry, I'm going to look it up so we have the correct title because anyone who (laughs) listens to Post Malone, I want Hollywood's Bleeding. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I can remember, Hollywood's Bleeding. (laughs) I can think of that song. And I really liked some of the songs. Like, I actually listened to that album when it came out and I thought it was good. Yeah, so like I knew he. But like you do don't it, know him like that, you know. You're not. And, like... Yeah, and I haven't been keeping up with like what he's currently doing, you know. Which it seems like he's just getting more and more into it. So apparently, cool. he has his biggest influence is Nirvana, and he has a Kurt Cobain That's what I tattoo. Said. I listened to the first track of his most recent album. What's it called? Austin. Austin, and it literally sounded like a Nirvana song. Mm-hmm. So props to you, Posty. <laughs> And I'm very curious to see you got track one feature. That's pretty impressive. That is crazy. Um, also, I don't know. I Callie said she might have cut this out, but in like because the past- it's listen, I want to defend myself really quick because I, <laughs> when I was editing the episode where you were talking about Dead Poets Society, I remember because when I'm editing that podcast, I edit, I trim little parts here and there everywhere just to make it like flow really well because we go off on a lot of tangents, yeah. and. <laughs> I felt like I remember thinking, like, oh, she's been talking about this for a really long time. Like, how can I trim it down and still keep it? And I I remember thinking, like, can I keep this at all or do I have to trim the whole thing because it's too hard to trim it? And I don't know what I did. So you guys oh will know because you've listened to the episode and I don't remember what I did. But 
Well, <laughs> I hope you kept it because it's historical now. <laughs> that the past, I think it was like the past two episodes too. Because I watched it in early December. And I think we recorded two episodes after that. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, I think it was reputation it. episode that, that you like really talked about it. It was. What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. I've talked about Dead Poets Society in depth on this podcast. I don't know if it's made the cut, <laughs> but <laughs> I swear to God, I really hope some part of it did. Like, I had to have mentioned it at some point. It was definitely in the last two episodes because <laughs> I rewatched it in December. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I was literally, like, I was in my Dead Poets Society zone, like, this past, like, three months. <laughs> And what does she have the nerve <laughs> to go and release an album called basically Dead Poets Society? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Also, side note, I also wrote in my notes that I was going to like write a song or an album named after Dead Poets Society. <laughs> and I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I mean, I might still do it in like a few years or something, but everyone's going to be like, oh, you got that from Taylor. It's like, no. I got it from where she got it from, which is the Dead Poets Society. <laughs> I got it from where she got it from. <laughs> um, the Tortured Man's Club or whatever, that oh. group text. That is the most obnoxious piece of information I've ever learned. <laughs> Who would do that? Like, Paul Meskel, I don't know you like that, but I like you as an actor just from, like, After Sun. Mm-hmm. But that's concerning i guess i feel like i've been like learning some really weird information about him lately (laughs) it through the press (laughs) but yeah if you're if if you're in a group chat called the tortured man club minus 100 points (laughs) like that's that's so terrible (laughs) white british man (laughs) on top of it rich british white actor man like are you serious well, yeah, that's fun, but <laughs> it's fun to make fun of him, but he is, he has money. Yeah, I know. Like, definitely more money than I'm ever going to have in my life. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the track list. Let's go through each of these songs. What a weird track list, also. The weirdest think- track list <laughs> ever, but also <laughs> her track lists have been getting weirder and weirder, but something mm-hmm. about this one feels reminiscent to when we got like the red track list mm-hmm. and just like I can't really explain it it's like if you were there when we got the red track list before we knew any of these songs like something about those titles the difference in those titles from like all of her previous work mm-hmm. felt like this is crazy and we knew we knew that she had written a heartbreak album all about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and mm-hmm. It's just related in a way. But, like, these are the craziest. Yeah. Also, yeah. also. This is very Lana coded, also, we have to say. Yes. That screamed. She's Lana. been getting increasingly more Lana coded since 2019. And it, I would say that's probably when, like, um, that's when Jack started working with Lana. So mm-hmm. she was probably, like, more in Lana's circle and yeah. felt maybe like she could pull from Lana or, like, be outwardly inspired by Lana and not feel like mm-hmm. she was ripping her off and just like we're friends yeah, like Miss Americana you know. is like the turning point for Taylor like that was her like Lana dupe like that was her like Lana moment that she was trying to yeah do and I love that song I love it before we get into 
all of these tracks, I first want to mention the fact that this is the first, and I don't think we've said this yet, this is the first album since Reputation that she has spent her regular amount of time working on an album. Lover mm. was only made in like a year. It really wasn't she didn't take her time with that one. Shocker to nobody. <laughs> um, and so Taylor's like her Obviously first. Folklore, first Evermore, boom, boom, boom. For her first six albums, she would spend a full two years. The two year cycle. The writing cycle. her albums. And like it's specifically. New fans don't know nothing about that. <laughs> no. It specifically makes me think of this clip of her talking about Speak Now. You and I watched this together right before Speak Now TV. But this like old interview where she was like, I spent, you know, like the first year writing this album and the second year like rewriting these songs and making sure every single line was exactly what I wanted it to say, exactly how I wanted to convey this thought and just perfecting this album song by song, line by line. And that's no... That doesn't devalue the albums that she wrote really quickly. Like, obviously, Taylor's talented. It doesn't need to spend that time. But there's something to be said for returning to that methodology in a way. Like, to take her time and to really hone the album. And I think you can see it just even in the visuals we have. Like, this is a different standard. There's a bit more intentionality here. You can see it in the track names that these are... I feel like we're going to go on a, a real journey from start to finish with this album mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't really seen in her recent stuff. Yeah. And I also find it interesting that she wanted to put out a pop album because she wanted to remind everyone that she's still bejeweled, you know. But it didn't take her long to, like, immediately go back to the tortured poet, like, to the folklore, to the red, to the speak now. Which I'm so glad because I've sorely missed. I loved Midnight's and it was fun and she makes good pop music obviously but that's never been like my favorite music from taylor or my favorite aspect of taylor as an artist mm-hmm. either of ours and i just love that it just feels like like poetry that's what it is like you're embracing i don't know it just feels right i hope this album me five minutes ago i have no expectations for genre <laughs> i know i know i know um but this is just like my personal disclaimer we're hypocrites <laughs> and we love to talk <laughs> um my hope like if this album was exactly what like from what i'm getting from the visuals and from what i would then think or want it to be i feel like it's possible that it might be like red in the sense that it's like red was semi-genreless because it was so all over the place that you couldn't even really pin down like one thing but like there was some country influence in there there was Mm -hmm. straight up pop music in there there was like folksy influences there was some rock influences there was heavy instrumentation and drums there was Mm -hmm. like alternative why i say it like that (laughs) there was alternative influences there like holy ground uh the lucky one um Mm -hmm. like there was just a lot and i'm kind of hoping that this will be similar to that in its own way in its own way you know i feel like pop music is totally different since then too but like if she did pop songs it would not sound like 22 or any or trouble yeah the pop direction that i think is really taking off with her is the august weirdly it's like a pop song cool summer obviously um is it over now that's a huge example of like what 
I think is going to stick, really stick with, for her with, like, as far as hits go. And as far as, like, if she wants to make, like, a like a banger, like a pop banger. Midnight's is interesting because it didn't, it had, it had a few of those. It had, like, Question is a big one of those. Mm. But it also had, like, just classic pop songs that were just, like, karma. Like, that's not what you would expect her to do at that point. But it was, I love karma, you know. I wonder. In Lavender Haze. I feel like it would be fun to make a playlist of, like, recent-ish Taylor songs, even, like, Vault Tracks included that mm-hmm. i would maybe think like if i was gonna make a playlist for this album based on any recent music we've gotten from her of like what i think it would be what i want it to be whatever whether it's accurate or not doesn't matter but i, I don't know i feel like that would be fun i think but, i did that with midnights there was a thought that i wanted to say that i'm gonna say right now i feel like when i like when i think about this album being connected to red spiritually emotionally i think of if you look at like State of Grace, Red, Treacherous, um, I Knew Your Trouble, Begin Again. I feel like those songs could give you a good idea of maybe the difference in production that we're going to get in this album. Um, And if you connect like would have, could have, should have, like that's her modern day State of Grace. So like what if we get something you talk? Didn't I make a tweet? In, like, the spring, that was, like, this is what she's doing next. And it's going to be a mix of... And it was, like, a bunch of random little songs that I personally just really love. <laughs> <laughs> but I think would have, could have, should have was on there. Maybe Dear Reader. And um, some, like, Speak Now-ish songs. Like, and I... So I think, like, I miss big production with her. Cause I miss live have, like, instrumentation. Live instruments. Yeah. And listen, obviously, Aaron did would have, could have, should have. So, like... Yeah, he can go there. But mm-hmm. also folklore, not quite folklore either. Like a mix, somewhere in between that and speaking now, like haunted, mm-hmm. you know? And so if she's not afraid, <laughs> she can do that. Obviously some rock influences in Speak Now, the red rock influences, and the Is It Over Now type pop songs. I want her to mix those. There's together. another thought that I had to say. And ago. Dear Reader type pop songs too. Um, You said, you mentioned Is It Over Now. And I've been so obsessed with the 1989 Vault songs. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has. They're so good. Yes, the, yes, right, and rightfully so. But it's like, I've been thinking, especially with the announcement of Tortured Poets, I've been thinking like, man, it has really been so long since we got like the classic Taylor song of writing candidly, honestly, and openly to an ex. And it has been so long since we've gotten that. I needed your drawn. And I just want, I'm so excited to get whatever version of the, like, is it over now? And the Reds and the uh, your Troubles and, like, all of those kinds of classic Taylor songs mm-hmm. in whatever format this is going to be packaged in. And this is me, like, totally doing all the things I was criticizing people for doing. But I think this could be, like, a return to form for her, you know, and for Swiftyism. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we go into the tracks really quick, let's just talk about the back cover. Oh, yeah. I love you. It's ruining my life. Does this say that on there? Mm Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Why would it have that? (laughs) You know? Like, when when has she ever had a back cover with a lyric just on? I don't think ever. No, never. (laughs) Interesting. I think it's... I wrote something down about that. 
oh, you've ruined my life by not being mine. Mm-hmm. And I love you, ain't that the worst saying you ever heard? Mm-hmm. And then obviously you guys, I'm sure, have seen that viral tweet of like comparing the Lover back album cover to this. Like, very similar pose. Yeah. That's Someone said she needs to get an Advil. Because <laughs> she's had a headache since midnight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like it. I honestly, we've talking about her curly hair because I loved her curly hair the other day. <laughs> I've always loved her curly hair, but like the curly hair she had the other day looked so good and classic mm-hmm. Taylor. But I think the straight hair fits with the aesthetic of this album. Yeah. So. I agree. Um, There's this yeah. quote that I, I pulled this up because on Tumblr, I tagged this quote that she from a show on the airs tour i tagged this when i reblogged it with ts11 because it felt like she was saying something about making music that felt like she was saying it because she was making new music and it you know Mm. so she was talking i think she was probably introducing betty when she said this but she was talking about folklore and making up fictional characters and she said and lucky for me you guys were still interested in that type of storytelling which is something that i'm just eternally grateful for you just always let me experiment creatively and try new things. And it's pretty much my favorite thing about you is that you encourage me to evolve <laughs> and to grow and to challenge myself. Because you could be like, so no, cool. we want you to make the same music over and over again. We like the same thing. Just do that one thing over and over again. You know what I mean? But instead, you're like, no, 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 no. Change it up. Switch it up. We like change. And that's so much more fun to me, to be honest. So I feel like this album is going to be a step forward artistically i feel like she's going to challenge herself which is what she did with all of her album like all of her best albums yeah speak now was pushing everything to the limit <laughs> and then red was some of her best writing still to this day even albums that i don't love is like 1989 she did that with you know even though that's she not did my... that she pushed herself to make the pop album you know, and she did that. <laughs> and then Folklore, obviously. So I'm very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Also, the back of the album at the top there above all of the song titles says file name, the manuscript. Yeah, very interesting. Just interesting. It's a deluxe track, but mm-hmm. it's being presented in the concept of the album. And then it says from the desk of Taylor Swift at the bottom. Very cute. Just I makes like me that. feel like maybe the manuscript was like the title at one point for the album Hmm, i can see that and i just like that she's really like it feels very formulated like very thought out and it just feels like very conceptual conceptual conceptualized Mm -hmm. you know yep which is very fun whenever it feels like everything's intentional and like this has been a long time coming (laughs) okay track on you said that at the same time all right (laughs) <laughs> track one Fortnite, featuring post malone i forgot i forgot that's what it was called <laughs> i've been playing so much Fortnite in the last like three months so when i saw that i just laughed like that's that's wild so funny. that's so funny but it's let's clarify guys it's not Fortnite. it's Fortnite. <laughs> a fortnight it's, it's been a fortnight <laughs> I have no idea what that, that could mean. I don't either. And I've tried really hard. It doesn't give me any visuals. It's it's just like a like a descriptive word. Like it's just like a noun or something. I don't know. I don't know. 
it's not something you can get much visuals from, but it is a very like old fancy-ish type word that no one uses anymore. So it's a good sign. Fortnite. <laughs> is that like a British? It means like British or something. Doesn't it mean like, like four nights? <laughs> it's a. It means like two nights or something, right? I think it's two weeks. Oh. <laughs> it's some unit of time. Let me let me look it up. Let yeah, look, look it up. up. That's interesting. Maybe it all changed in Fortnite. <laughs> you know? A Fortnite is 14 nights or two weeks. Oh, okay. Good job. <laughs> I can Google yeah. things. <laughs> so. Oh, 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 oh. When I Googled how long is a Fortnite, it said the thing I just read. And then it says, this word isn't used much in American English, but you'll come across it if you travel to England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like. Oh Two my weeks god, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. So I have thought that, she, like, I think I said this earlier, but I didn't really expound on the I mean, we did British accents when we said the titles. <laughs> um, I think that this album is going to be similar to Red and, like, a lot of her other albums, but I'm comparing it to Red because of, obviously, emotional DNA. In the sense that, like, Red is a story from beginning to end. It tells, like, a, a narrative journey of meeting someone and falling in love with them and like seeing the danger and going forward anyway and then having your heart broken and like grieving that loss and then coming out the other side dusting yourself off and going on that first date i feel like this album will be similar to that kind of storytelling and that kind of arc because if she's starting with Fortnite, that's language that's like english terminology and then Mm -hmm. i feel like once we get to so long london that'll be her coming out of that like th- that's just interesting to me i don't know mm-hmm. it feels like it's a story mm-hmm. also there's three parts she, you know she did side a b and c four. Oh, four. Mm-hmm. a b c d four parts that's interesting i think those will be distinctive too mm-hmm. um yeah and then featuring post malone so it seems like it'll be a sad song though it also something i wrote in here Hold on. Where did I write this? I think maybe I wrote it in my phone. Um, I think she's really taken her time with this project and has a clear vision for the arc of the record, sort of like a director would with a film. And while there are always deleted scenes, or like vault tracks or like the 3 a.m. tracks of Midnight's, it's not necessarily important to have a second version of the film with those deleted scenes added on at the end because the story has already been told the way it was meant to. So that's something that I was thinking about in the sense of like, the manuscript being the bonus track, it's a bit of like not a fully formed thought, but it's just something I wanted to say because I'm just really intrigued to hear how she tells this story and where the where the journey is and what the emotional journey follows through these songs and like through set A, B, C, D, or I don't know. And it's just something I wanted to say and put out there because I feel like it will make sense and I'll be able to actually have more thoughts about it once we hear the record. Okay. So, track two. Yeah. The Tortured Poets Department. We have a title track. We have a title track, and it's number two. And you know what other album has a title track at number two? Red. And you know what? I saw a lot of people be like, oh, title track. Like, we, we haven't had this in so, so long. And then everybody was like, Evermore exists. But here's yeah. the thing. Evermore, yes, it's a title track, but it's not a title track in the way that her other title tracks were because the album doesn't reflect 
that one song the same way that like fearless or speak now or red do like folklore and evermore like evermore she kind of had to title it that because it had to match folklore she was trying to make it a sister album you know like it's just it feels different to me it didn't get its its own world the same way that and like evermore and did because it was so short evermore feels like an expansion of folklore it feels like i'm continuing with this inspiration i'm just following the inspiration and yes it's a cohesive album and there is a theme to the record but it feels a bit more like collection of songs to me and that's a positive to the album to me because that's part of why i love that album but that's why evermore as a title track is a little bit different to me than her previous title tracks Lover. See, we can't we can't get too oh, too much hopes up. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So obviously, I mentioned Dead Poets Society. It's basically everyone was just calling this Dead Poets Society, Dead Poets Society, the Tortured Poets Department. Let's say it. <laughs> I like that it's a title track. That's awesome. And title tracks aren't historically like my all time favorite songs, but they mm-hmm. just carry so much weight with them, mm-hmm. and they're very special in their own right. I'm very excited. Yeah. (laughs) Tortured Poets is interesting to me because Taylor is a singer-songwriter. Like, songwriting is a form of poetry in its own right, but she's a singer. And, like, I'm getting some kind of theme of maybe, like, especially that being the album title as well and also being track two, like, coming so soon on the record from when you're listening in order. It sounds like maybe there's something about, like, and this is something that I'll get into later too in some of these tracks, but maybe like losing your voice because like a poet and a singer songwriter, like the difference is obvious in those two. So, okay, track three. My boy only breaks his favorite toys. Bad bad boy, shiny toy with the price we know that I bought it. Yeah, um, that's so Lana, so Lana. Mm-hmm. Even to say my boy. Like, yeah. even that right there is very Lana. Mm-hmm. That also makes me think of that lyric in Better Than Revenge. Stealing other people's toys on the playground while making many friends. My boy only breaks <laughs> his favorite toys. So this person is only... Like, you only know him to be... He just hurts unkind he if he's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. only those closest to him are the ones that know that about him or Mm -hmm. have to deal with that i hope it's angry (laughs) a track three what are her other track threes it's treacherous um treacherous back to december love story gold rush um the last great american sorry everyone was saying track two is like always amazing i think it's a very popular slot (laughs) in her track history I don't know much. Yeah, track three, I just think treacherous. Like, that's what my brain goes to when I hear track three. <laughs> but it'd be fun to, if it was a little rock-influenced. A little better than Revenge, since you just kind of referenced those lyrics. And if it's really angry. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna... But it could be sad, too. Yeah. I feel like we're gonna get a lot of her sense of humor in these songs. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's gonna come through. And I'm judging that just based on the titles, having so much of that in them. Okay, track four, track four, Down Bad. 
We've seen her try to use slang <laughs> in past albums. One that comes to mind immediately is Hits Different. Endgame. So it can go either way. <laughs> this has to be like a cheeky song. Like, I don't see this being serious. If it is, it's to intentionally throw us off. Part of me is like maybe anticipating it being I'm down bad. Like I'm down for this person. But like usually people say that it's it's a bit lighthearted. But if she's saying like I'm down bad and it's bad because I'm down <laughs> for this person and it's not working anymore, but I love them. So it's like I can't leave. Yeah. Whenever I first saw that, I was like, what if she's like tries to like use that and then like make it into like something else she's like it's like just like a sad song she's like i'm down it's bad (laughs) yeah i have no idea what she's gonna do but it'll be funny i also worry that it could be like false god like in a way of like my attraction to you like playing on that aspect Mm -hmm. of it is like i'm still down bad like i'm still in this in that sense I mean, they had a lot of back and forth in their relationship, so it's not going to be like a cut and dry, like, now it's over. Like, I think there's going to be a little bit of, you know. Mm-hmm. Track five. Track five. So long, London. I mean, that's pretty intuitive. That sounds like the, that sounds like the breakup song, like. Like, I'm leaving you and your city behind. And it's track five, so it's going to be her most So you know it's going to be emotional and vulnerable. So long, London. And it's also, like, she dated a lot of British men back to back. So this could be, like, so long, London. I am so over this. Yeah, Um, but I think I would think that way if it wasn't track five. Well, yeah. I feel like it's going to be very personal because it's track five. So I love that we. Time. I love that there's like that built in that we at least get to know, which that makes that's me think gonna it's going to be a bit of an emotional turning point in the record. Because is that the end of side one, or side A? That's the first on side B. Okay. So then she's starting that like grieving process. I feel like there. Yeah. Also, like she lived there with him for years. Like kind of. I don't know if she even still has her place in London anymore. I don't know why the hell she'd need to this point but like yeah that's gonna be i'm really excited for that one maybe that was her like moving out selling the place yeah track six, six. But daddy i love him i love this this is such an iconic immediately iconic uh title um it's obviously a quote from little mermaid mm-hmm. it's a very famous very famous quote and the little mermaid is very very important in all of our lives, (laughs) but Taylor's life especially, because it came out 1989, the year she was born, and she was, like, basically grew up loving Little Mermaid, and obviously she went as Little Mermaid recently for Halloween. That wasn't Halloween. I think that was, uh, I think that was a New Year's Eve party. Oh. I remember it was not a Halloween party, party? but it was a costume party for some other, That was, like, like 2019, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds or something. Was he there? Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting that it comes after So Long London, too. So I wonder if it's almost like she said goodbye, but she's, like, maybe thinking about that time when they were together and trying to think about, like, oh, but it's hard because I do love him. But I saw somebody say, I'm not going to take credit for this thought, somebody posted that the Little Mermaid lost her voice to be with 
like to go out onto the shore and to find love. So all that, you know, silencey, losing your voice thing, the poetry, mm-hmm. poetry being a static thing that you don't hear the what storyteller. Track is Fresh Out the Slime with? That is the next track, which is track yeah, seven. I was just thinking it would make sense if that was the next track because Little Mermaid, she was like, she had to be free after the events of the movie. Like she was imprisoned basically by not being able to speak the whole movie and like mm-hmm. in this deal with Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> And then Fresh Out the Slammer makes sense to be the next track. It's just like, I got my voice back, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So that's track seven. Yeah, track seven, Fresh Out the Slammer. Love that. That's such a good title. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good titles. There's a lot of silly, crazy titles, but there's a lot of really good titles, too. It obviously conjures that photo of her walking out the first mm-hmm. time and here's the thing too is like <laughs> after we got that breakup news she was out and about she was miss girl out on the town like out with her friends and actually like doing normal things that she mm-hmm. would have done otherwise or you would think she would have been doing otherwise mm-hmm. fresh out the slammer like i'm free from this relationship like oh my god i think this like didn't realize this weight was lifted off me and i was kind of like imprisoned in a way he can be my jailer. Fresh I can't believe she wrote that. That's crazy. She has so many past albums and lyrics and things to pull from that she's already written about him that she can reference in this album. And just from the titles, there's already so many things. But like, I just also had a thought because she always describes him with blues, ocean and blue, mm-hmm. which Little Mermaid, <laughs> if she mm-hmm. wants to, she could really do some interesting stuff with like visuals there. When your cascade ocean wave blues come. Mm-hmm. And the hoax, the one out there, shade of blue, but you. Yeah. Okay. Next track is track eight, Florida, with like three exclamation points. This is featuring so funny. Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine. I'm a huge Florence and the Machine fan, so this is so, so nice for me. <laughs> I have been like over the past year. Since Dance Fever came out, I've been getting into Florence and the Machine more. And the fact that King is on the pre-show playlist is crazy. Because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite songs of hers. Crazy. And when she, when I found that out, I was like, okay. <laughs> she relates to this. Like, this is, this tells a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm very excited. And we know that Florida was the first era's show that she did after the breakup. Wait, Kaya, so, so what, your track seven? Yeah. So you're fresh out the slammer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned... I'm, I'm sure we have. We claim tracks yeah. based on our past favorites. Yeah. And so Kaya, as a historic track on seven average. lover, mm-hmm. enthusiast, fresh out the slammer. Okay, so that's interesting. Okay, so Florida. It's interesting because like ha- you have your 10, right? Mm-hmm. So Florida is yours? No. Who's Afraid of Little Old Me is track 10. Oh, all right. Sorry, sorry. But it's funny because it's like we get, it's like our lottery numbers that we get every album cycle. So it's like, oh, I hope we get a good one. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny lottery. Mm -hmm. Florida is the first show post breakup. So it seems obvious that that would be what that's about or referencing, but like, who knows? I mean, what else would you be talking about Florida for? That's so funny. The exclamation points is crazy to me. The use of punctuation is crazy to me. Like, we have exclamation points, we have question marks, we have parentheses. Florence is on it, too. And she has a very, like, she can do angry really, really well. 
She can also do just like mystified at the and bewildered at life mm-hmm. you know, sort of mm-hmm. thing. And like she can do like very big sounds, which I'm very I really hope that it's what it sounds like. Yeah. Like lots of instrumentation and like very This kind of feels sounds. like the emotional peak of the record. Like we're kind of in the middle of the album. We've gone from Fresh at the Slammer to Florida. So it's like what's the word I'm looking for? When you're like <gasps> like the the release. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you perfect for Florence. Mm-hmm. Because she's just all about emotional release. Yep. I'm so excited for this one. I think this is the one. This is like the. This is probably the one I claim. Like you know, because we just we do the track, but we also like just claim ones. Based ones on that you choose. Titles based on titles. Yeah. yeah. This one's very compelling to me. Okay. Next track up. nine and first track on side C. We have guilty as sin. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know what this could be. I was listening to Red last night in the shower, and I connected that she sings Faster Than the Wind, Passionate as Sin in Red. It'll be interesting. I mean, Sin, she has some religious themes here and there throughout her songs in the past, like False God especially. Don't blame me. So My drug, I can, I can see my drug is my from. baby I'll be using for the rest of my life. I was guilty as sin. Was I guilty? Like, And it could be, mm-hmm. if it's a question... She could be saying, am I guilty of sin? Are you guilty of sin? Were we guilty of sin? I'm interested to see who's asking the question and then who's being asked the question. Track 10. Who's afraid of little old me? That's so cute. I love that. (laughs) This, not only is this track 10, so like this is my song by default. We'll see if it ends up being one of my track 10s that I like hold dear but the title of this is me coded in ways that I cannot explain Kaya understands being my sister but <laughs> when I was little I sounded like an old lady <laughs> so this who's afraid of little old me it's like <laughs> honestly I don't know how anyone would understand how those two things connect but they just do <laughs> It's just a very Cali song. And it just sounds, it's going to be, I think it's going to be very fun. I love her little tongue-in-cheek songs like that where she's like, who's afraid of, who's afraid of little, like, Taylor? A lot of people are. (laughs) And I wonder, like, I wonder if she's saying that to him or if maybe she's speaking more generally in terms of, like, this is the first time I'm addressing this and, like, being known for writing about her exes. But Who's Afraid of Little Old Me references possibly the Virginia Woolf play, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And I saw in a tweet that I think you reposted or something that said that the play examines the marriage of a middle-aged couple whose relationship falls apart in terrible and even abusive ways. And the play stars... Claire Bow. Elizabeth Taylor and James Burton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I remember that now. So, uh, that's crazy. Burton to this Taylor. He can be my jailer fresh at the slammer. Like, there's just all the connections already is wild. All the threads. Yeah. Track 11. I can fix him. No, really, I can. That's so good. And it's so bad, too, but it's like, it's good. Mm -hmm. Like, why would she think that? (laughs) It's very funny. I can see it being a meme format on Twitter. I wonder if this one's going to be, like, up-tempo at all or if it's going to be 
more sad or reflective. The and something I love about Red and Speak Now is that a lot of it's very sincere and like mm-hmm. pouring your heart out. But a lot of these titles seem like jokes almost. Mm. But she had a great sense of humor even then, like especially like songs like Better Than Revenge. But still, at the end of the day, she was like, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see if, which route she goes more on this album. This title kind of gives me Renegade, the lyric. And if I would have known how sharp the pieces were you crumbled into, I might have let them lay. <laughs> it is crazy in hindsight. If I had known how sharp it was, I would not have fucking touched that shit. Like, I would mm-hmm. not have even bothered. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Track 12, LOML, which I'm, we're assuming is Love of My Life. But we shouldn't assume. But never <laughs> assume with the Taylor Swift track list. Yeah. I, I feel like what's likely is she's probably saying, you were the love of my life, but you're not anymore, and that's why it's abbreviated. Or maybe she could be saying, like, you were the love of my life at one point, now you're the loss of my life, or, like, she could change it so that that's why it's not spelled out. Yeah. I don't have much to say about this one. (laughs) That's one that I'm, like, not super excited for, and I think it's probably because it's abbreviated like that. I'm like, I don't know. It's, there's not much you can read into it. (laughs) Yeah. Track 13, and I'm, I'm very intrigued by side D, like, these last few tracks of the album. Track 13 is I Can Do It With a Broken Heart, which immediately makes me think of Eris Tour. I know a lot of people have been posting that video of her, like, crying while singing Lover, and, like, you can see the tear coming down her face, and then she, like, wipes it away. I Can Do It With a Broken Heart. Because, like, we literally saw her process and grieve and (laughs) heal on stage on the Eris Tour after the breakup. It's insane. And, like, the power that she had to have felt from being like like to think about the way that she talked about promoting red and being heartbroken and being like yeah i would do interviews and then i would go like cry in between interviews because like i was going through all that stuff and for her to be like at a place in her life now where she's just able to process in a healthier way and like to use the music on stage and to use that because it was like the best year of her life if you look at it a certain way, like, you could easily say that's the best year of her life. But also, she, it was hard for her emotionally. But it's just very interesting. Because, I don't know, it's a lot of big things she's going through at once. Yeah. It's the craziest year of her life, for sure. <laughs> okay, track 14, The Smallest Man Who Ever Lived. <laughs> big man ooh, 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 the Paramore reference. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not much else can be said. (laughs) I just think of, like, any time he was ever asked about her in an interview, and he's like, like, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me about her. I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into that world. I cannot wait for her fiery pen, her veins of pitch black ink, or be stabbing him with this song. Like... Yeah. The smallest man who ever lived. All's fair in love and poetry. He knew what he was getting himself into. It is hilarious to me. He was happy to take those Grammys from her. But now he's like, I can't believe she would write anything about me. I helped her write (laughs) 10 songs. Do you know how many songs she has written in her life? That is like, God. And now I hope she learned her lesson. She never does that ever again. (laughs) I feel like it was probably 
a bit of a like a life raft for them to write songs. I feel like that was something she probably like justified or maybe was like it's like to fuel his ego in the relationship. <laughs> I bet for him it was like I can do this, like you're not special, I can do this too. Like I can write a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, that's what I always felt from it. I wonder whose idea it was for him to go by William Ballery instead of Joe. It's so annoying. The whole thing is so annoying. Small, teeny, tiny, little, teeny, tiny, little Joe Edwin. British freak. Okay. Track? <laughs> 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Track 15, The Alchemy. I've heard this can reference gold, the making of gold, and things that aren't, that aren't gold or something. That's what alchemy, just... that's like the definition of alchemy. I haven't read The Alchemist. It's which, been on my want-to-read list for years. But... Which is beautiful. For me, because she references gold with him a lot, and daylight. I never liked daylight. The notion that like I always believe love will be forever, but it's golden. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like he's this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that Sex in the City clip that was going around? She was like, Carrie's like, I was this this thing. Like I was, I had it. <laughs> She's like trying to get over big. She's like, I was the best thing that ever happened to him. I was this this thing. Like I was, I had the that I was I was the magic moment. <laughs> mm. Like that's how sh- people talk about their boyfriends. <laughs> and I'm like, there's just no way. <laughs> and especially listening to Lover, I was like, this is all you could get from <laughs> your relationship. Like, good lord, yeah, guys, all my other relationships were bad. This is the real love. Okay, <laughs> and. Really, gold, gold rush too. Everyone wants him. I I maintain. <laughs> Who's everyone? <laughs> I maintain that gold rush is about Harry Styles. But I'm sure she didn't tell him that. <laughs> if that's the case, she's like, "Oh, Joe, look what I wrote for you." <laughs> um. She thinks that way, though. Like, she... I don't know. I, I think it could be about him, for sure. Girl. <laughs> I saw a post on Tumblr just this morning that was, like... I don't know why everybody is so... Like, to the people that have been upset. Like, Taylor better not write anything negative about him. Like... Who thinks that? Um, it's literally her job. <laughs> um, Where have you been? <laughs> for the people that have said that, it's, like... Any positive opinion you have of him, where did that come from? The music she made about him. The way the she wrote about, about him. him. <laughs> like, her telling of him and his character as a person and their relationship. So, like, the alchemy turning something into gold. He wasn't doing that. That was her. God, I hate him. <laughs> this title kind of like doesn't quite fit with the rest of the titles to me, but the fact that it's I'm ready. I'm ready for the takedown. second to last <laughs> is interesting. I'm excited to see. Okay. Last official track of the album, track 16. Yeah. Closing track, Clara Bow. I just have to say, when I was in high school, I <laughs> wrote a song called Clara Bow and Kaya wrote the piano. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I've been in my silent movie era as well. <laughs> I've been watching 1920s silent movies. You have. Kaya has not shut up since... about silent films for the past like year. 
Well, I might have talked about that on here. I'm not sure. But I usually maybe get I edited in like it little, a little. I don't my know. little we'll see. maybe I usually get in my little movie references as we record because I'm always watching movies. Mm-hmm. But Clara Bow, I watched her movie It, which is like the origination in pop culture of the It Girl, which is very interesting. I recommend go watch it. And she's also she's very young and she's very like sweet and has a good little like personality, sense of humor. She's basically the It Girl. She has all the factors that people look for like girls want to be her guys want her <laughs> that sort of thing and yeah that basically the movie isn't very multi-dimensional like that's basically the whole point of the movie is that everybody wants to be like her mm. <laughs> and that's how it ends and she's like she's just the girl that's very fascinating to me i know a lot of people have been like posting like history of clara bow and stuff there's a lot you can definitely pull from but it's another way that taylor is like weirdly connected to like my <laughs> life like why is she and the things that you get like hyper focused interested in like she sometimes she references them at the same time it's like how did you know that (laughs) yeah like dead bow society and claire bow and same album um i also saw that claire bow transitioned successively from silent films to talkies as they were called at that time so more of that like silencing poetry being a quiet maybe like folklore well, ever more hiding the truth and fiction and, like writing about it instead of actually like i don't know i don't know if there's anything there just was i read something bad that happened to her she like tried to do plays or something i don't remember but i need to read that <laughs> i'm very excited that's another track that i'm after we talk about the manuscript, I think we should go through and name, like, make an official list of tracks that we claim. So then we have, like, submit, submit into evidence. It never works <laughs> out that way, though. No, but I just love to, I love to look back at it and be like, before I actually knew anything or heard anything, this is what I thought. Last track, the bonus track is the manuscript. I'm already irritated that this isn't going to be out on streaming. Like, I just, I'm preemptively irritated that we're going to have to wait for this, probably, and it's going to be really hard. Like, back in the day, I miss when you could just buy the CD, the bonus track CD, Target Edition, whatever, put it into your laptop, upload it into your iPod, and then you were done. Um, Another film reference is a manuscript. I mean, it can be anything, but when I think of manuscript, I think of, like, it's, a, it's like a project that somebody's working on, like a writing project. I think about like a But I always think of like a movie a novel. Yeah, I hear that too. Very interesting. It's following the theme of like, I'm not just a pop star, like I'm an artist and I'm a writer, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to me that this is, the, we have the one bonus track and it's called The Manuscript. And it almost makes me think I of- That'd be a really cool album name too. Mm-hmm. Kind of sometimes wish that was the album name. <laughs> It almost makes me think of, like, the lakes being the one single bonus track we got for folklore. And the lakes being, take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. The manuscript, like, maybe all of these tracks are in some way, maybe they all make up her manuscript. Like, I don't know, I'm just interested to see how this track sort of encapsulates everything that comes before it. Yeah, it does remind me of Dear Reader. Mm Mm-hmm. Last few things I wanted to talk about. Will this album be performed live on the Eras tour? Will she change the set list at all? Or will she just have a lot of new surprise songs to choose from? <laughs> but part of me know. is like, oh, I don't. 
want them just performed acoustically. Like, I haven't even heard them yet, and I, like, I want full production for them. I know. Yeah, because will this, this won't even get its own tour, probably. Probably not. No. It's going to be another folklore, one of those, you know, albums that didn't get its full era. When are we going to get? I really uh, wonder if she will tack this on to the end of the era's tour. And instead of closing with She could Karma, put it before Midnight's. Close with, like... Because maybe it's not as bombastic as <laughs> Midnight's, you know? Yeah. There's no way to guess what song she could close with until we hear them. No. Yeah. yeah the only one I could think of would be I Can Do With A Broken Heart, because if that is about the Arrow Store, and maybe that... But if that's slower and sad, then that's not a tour closer. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what she does very curious people who have tickets that are past april 19th <laughs> shaking in their boots and so the last show before this album comes out is march 9th so then she has a break i wonder if she's gonna do any promo because she hasn't really been doing that for any of these albums she has a break and then tour starts back on may 9th so she's got like two months essentially of no tour to just promote the album hmm or two months to change the set list and rehearse the new set list. Yeah. That would be interesting. That's possible. I do. I'm excited for future post Eras tour life because obviously this was amazing and cool, but I don't know. I just miss regularly scheduled programming. I miss the two albums, two years, I, when the re recordings and Eras tour are done. And things feel like they might, like, settle down a little bit. Mm. I miss the two-year cycle. And I miss, like, when it wasn't just she had to have a million things on the fire. And people I mean? weren't, like, Easter egging and trying to create all these theories about all these, oh, yeah. this re-recording or this re-recording. Yeah. And people could, and albums could stand alone and be what they were and hold hold their own, basically. And be a whole years. era. Yeah. And have their own tour. I miss when albums had their own tour. <laughs> And I miss lead singles a little bit, too. I don't think she needs to do that anymore, but, like, I miss an era. And it's weird because we're in the era store, but I feel like we haven't actually lived through, like, a full-on era in a... I mean, since rep, if you think about Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) It's crazy. Obviously, Midnight's was a full era, but it was overshadowed by the era's tour, for sure. And it didn't get its own tour. (laughs) Yeah, all these things that make up an era that we haven't really had yeah so i'm excited for that yeah. <laughs> once that happens i it is sad that this album won't get that because like you said she did take the two years to write it but it's still going to be a little overshadowed uh, overshadowed by the heiress tour yeah so i don't know what she'll do um, i wonder if whatever her next tour is like once heiress tour is done once the re-recordings are done maybe the next tour would just be two albums that she's touring. What two albums? Like two new albums? Like Tortured Poets and then whatever the next album is, if we have it by that time. Mm. Or maybe it would just be TS12 tour and then she would just include some of these songs to kind of like set it up a little bit, like set up whatever the next album is. It's kind of Never a clean break, no one ever said me. Yeah. Yeah. So how much? How much longer? She goes into the full year, right, with tour. Like, yeah, she tours through November. She tours all year. So, I don't think this is gonna get its own tour. Then that's sad. 
Maybe it's a folklore type deal, but I think folklore deserves its own tour too, so. Yeah, interesting. A lead single, I don't know if we're going to get one. Part of me likes not having lead singles because I'm a album person. I like listening to albums top to bottom. And anytime you do have a single or singles, those songs become their own thing separate from the album and the body of work itself. And when she used to release like lots and lots of singles leading up to an album release, I would stop listening to them. Yeah. Um, We don't need lots and lots of singles. I I don't think she would do that either. I would take one. I would be happy with one single. Yeah. You know, just, just to return to that. It sets the tone. It sets the tone for the album. And obviously, like, track one could set the tone for the album, too, which is fine. But I just miss having that know. one song that kind of introduces what you're going to get. And it, it is time, it is nice, too, at the same time, to be able to kind of have that time with just one song and to get excited with the album and to have something to listen to. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Like, when We Are Never Ever dropped, that was just... Like, that's a moment. You had to be there for that. And that's, like, just such a fun moment in memory in my life. Mm-hmm. But, um, first of all, last time we had that was me. So, like, I can see why she stopped doing it. <laughs> also, I can see that she might want to let her hits come more organically. Mm-hmm. Because me sure tried its hardest, but <laughs> didn't <laughs> take as much this as This is our would. first Taylor album release in forever without tiktok her music is not on tiktok anymore yeah so does that mean like fans can't even no because all they always like put it up and then i guess it gets taken down by copyright no you cannot put her there's no taylor swift music on tiktok anymore Hmm, and so (laughs) people can't decide what the hit of the album is going to be on tiktok i am so freaking excited for an album release without that I wonder if it'll last, though. Might strike a deal. But that'll be interesting. I'm excited. What are to they s- going to do then? I don't know. What is TikTok going to do? They're going to lose their minds. Yeah. I mean, that that does hurt a lot of artists, unfortunately, because that's how a lot of them get the word out about songs. I just, I'm so sick of TikTok deciding and having such a big say in the music industry. I'm happy for that to but, be behind us. As I was saying. Me was the last one we got, and it didn't go too well. <laughs> didn't really... I mean, I guess it did kind of set the tone for the album, but... Yeah. But the and tone then, was bad anyway. <laughs> it was yeah. not a tone I and wanted. And it just wasn't received very well. Look what you made me do. The lead single of lead singles. Like, oh my god. That that was a you-had-to-be-there moment as well. Um, I just missed that. Mm-hmm. I miss the first song we hear we get the music video before we get the album like this is the first okay you've just convinced me i want a lead single now right whether we get one or not i I want it it. yeah (laughs) but like i said she maybe she's going down the route of trying to have more organic hits like august was an organic hit on folklore and cruel summer became an organic hit and that's becoming more and more common now it's not like because of tiktok now without tiktok things might be different i don't know i don't know if you can go back now that we've gone this far though (laughs) But it used to be labels would push singles and that's the only music people would ever hear. But now it's like anything can be that because people just decide on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see her not doing a single, especially for that reason too. But I would like to see a lead single and music video. But either way, it'll be interesting. And she could do a music video like when the album drops. Didn't she do that with Midnight's? Mm-hmm. She dropped Antihero like the night the album dropped, which is fun too. The Antihero video, so. yeah. 
I'm okay with that too. And she did that with it Cardigan. Technically, was a lead single, but yeah. Yep. Well, it's not a lead, but it was the first single from the album, because yep. lead implies that it precedes the album. And some people, I'm sure, watched it before they listened to the album. Or was it later? You tried to. You said, I want to watch the video. And I said, no, we're listening to folklore from track one to the bottom. Oh, folklore? Because I was used to 15 years of lead singles. <laughs> yeah. But aren't you glad now that we did it? And we started with boom, 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 boom. Okay, okay, okay. Say I'm right. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Further Explanation. We are so excited to have our second Taylor album release on the podcast with you. If you are not subscribed, subscribe. I know a lot of you who listen to us on Apple Podcast aren't subscribed, and that's very hurtful. So please subscribe. Oh my god. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on our socials. They are linked below. And join us on Patreon if you would like to watch video episodes of the podcast and get exclusive content. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you in the next possibly tortured poets related, possibly Aristotle related, who freaking knows episode. <laughs> See you later. Bye.